In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Morning, Cleveland. I've had a bad week. I've sent Jack loads of wrong files. I've messed the whole podcast schedule up, but we're alive. That's all that matters. And I'm in Portugal. And I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. It's been fun. Um, we upload the podcast and then added messages like six hours later going, mm, guys, I think you've got the wrong file. So, uh, hey, we're getting there, guys. These sort of things happen, um, especially when we're having too much fun. Excellent. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, apologies, guys. We haven't been as regular as we normally want to be or get them on time. Um, but it is the off-season, and we're still going to do a podcast every single day. But first of all, Jack, some news. TJ Carey, is he injured? How's he getting on? Any ideas? Yeah, I've read a piece yesterday. Um, I don't know the terms of the injury. It's a leg injury. Um, no details out at the moment. But um, it's going to be interesting to note what happens, because if he goes down... You'd guess at the minute the outside corners may be Ward and um, Greedy Williams. Does Mitchell drop into the slot? Do they have Whitehead there? Um, there's a few options. So there's some people writing about the lack of depth. I think you, they can work something out and go a few different directions. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I think um, will you, he's like third, fourth, fourth cornerback at the moment. Um, he's sort of fourth outside for me, but he's probably first in the slot. So, um, yeah, it's one of them. He's doing a job this year. It's his final year with the Browns. Let's have some fun. So, yeah, I finally got some good sleep last night, Jack, and I actually had my first dream in a long, long time. And before the show started, you started uh, mentioning um, Greedy, and I had a dream about Greedy last night. And the dream is... It's not like that, Jack. Don't worry. The dream. <laughs> Do I need to uh, cut this section? <laughs> it's a podcast. <laughs> I was watching, and dreams are crazy. So you got to remember, dreams are crazy. I was watching rugby in my dream with my brother, watching England play rugby, and then suddenly my dream said to me, "This guy ran down the wing." I'll talk in English. Ran down the wing. The ball was in the air, and he just pushed it out. And I said to my brother. That is just like a safety in NFL. And it was Greedy Williams just running down. And I, even in my dream, I remember thinking, he's not good at tackling, but good at everything else. And so he just pushed the ball out. And I explained to my brother, that's what's so good about NFL. But anyway, that's a crazy dream I had. So um, I dreamed that in, uh, Greedy was playing for England rugby and made an awesome knockout. So that was my dream. But... Talking about the uh, safety rooms, what do you think about Greedy? Do you think he's locked on, star? Um, based on what we've seen in the first week, I think he's starting corner opposite um, Denzel Ward. Um, and I think that's exciting. I still, it's too early to really judge on what sort of coverage. Is it going to be more press man? Is it going to be zone? Um, I, I, I would rather have the two outside corners just locked up straight on them guys. Uh, Ward and Greedy are really good at that. And um, yeah, I, I've always preferred 
man coverage. And we've got quite a bit of depth in the corner room at the moment. So you're going to get a lot more exhaustion playing press man. But with that depth, and you can just rotate uh, Mitchell in for a couple of snaps here and there and rest them guys. So um, I would play a lot more man coverage. Going to get a lot more tired as your corners rather than playing zone. But with that depth of sort of um, Terence Mitchell around, um, I would do it. And then worst comes to worst, every sort of give him a drive um, and then take him out for a series or two just to refresh and go again. Um, I think it's just so much better um, press man versus zone. Mate, we've got to think like we're a Super Bowl winning team and a non-emotional team. Could you see us trading either TJ Carey or Mitchell if anyone really needed one in a, in a uh, for like, yeah, that injury or they just needed a good corner? Um, they're not going to trade off Mitchell because he's on such a cheap deal. So that's not going to happen. Um, TJ Carey, yeah, I'd, I can't see anyone being that desperate to pick him up. Um, okay. It's one of those positions where JC Jackson was picked up out of nowhere for the Patriots last year and went and did it, had a big role. Um, you can find corners that can come in and do a job um, and they're really good corners. You don't want to be trading them. So greedy and ward, you want to keep them as long as you can. Yeah. And that's my uh, next thing is, do you think that um, ward and greedy are just um, maybe too unexperienced to be uh, in AFC North against some of the best wide receivers? Um, I think they're perfectly fine. Um, it all depends on what Wilkes has got planned. So as long as Wilkes keeps it simple, they can go out and do the job. If Wilkes is putting in a lot of zone coverage and changing things up and doing what is not their strength, then, yeah, it could look a bit ropey at times. But fingers crossed, Wilkes will um, rotate his defense. He's got a habit of changing his defense around based on suiting the strengths. Um in sort of moving from sort of three linebackers to two linebackers um, from Carolina to the um, Cardinals. And then if hopefully you can see, actually, my advantage is here is in press man, let's play press man. So hopefully they uh, change it up again, but we'll see when the season sort of starts rolling. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you've been watching the press conferences this week, OBJ? I haven't watched a single one yet. <laughs> I've read about them on Twitter, but uh, I try not to watch them because they're just full of emotional nonsense half the time. I just want to get, I follow the people like Jake Burns. I just want him to tweet out what was said and then uh, I'll make my own judgment on it. Yeah, got to say, Jake Burns' work recently is uh, 10 out of 10. So, um, mate, he's just doing damage, everything he does. So it's uh, great. And uh, yeah, he did a lovely little article this week on, I think 25 points of OTAs. It was all the little bits. It wasn't all about OBJ and Duke. It was all about the little bits, like who's fighting for what. And I, I absolutely love that. Yeah, it's it's getting silly with the uh, media. And uh, I knew always knew it would because it would go this way. But if like if OBJ farted in practice, then you'd hear like a story about OG, OBJ bad teammate farts on practice field. And uh, it, it's just silly. Um, but he was at the basketball with a throwback Jim Brown jersey and I've got to say I prefer your throwback Jim Brown than that one just just going to throw it out there I, I prefer yours than the uh, I think it was a white one OBJ had 
Well, Jack, we're not a fashion podcast, mate. So um, let's carry on talking about NFL and not um, about the colour of my jersey and uh, how it clashes with my uh, red and white zigzag uh, pants. So, um, yeah, um, mate, yeah, go back to do, uh, to Jake. I, I, I really like what he's like, doing, like all the little the micro battles of... of like who's who's in the first reps? There's one thing actually that I noticed this morning that I haven't discussed with you was, um, I think it was Ben, is it Ben Ax 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 Rod Axwell? Um, he was saying that Callaway didn't get a lot of first first uh, first team reps uh, in OTAs. Um, any views or opinions on that at all? Um, no, I think I think it's too early now to really start judging which direction is going. There's not going to be much ball for everyone if OBJ's getting his share, um, if Landry's getting half his share from sort of the end of last season. That that's a lot of the ball gone, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think Callaway will come in and um, be fine. Um, there, there's a lot of talent there. You, you've got four players who are starting level in Callaway, Higgins, Landry, OBJ. Um, you've got Duke Johnson, um, Nick Chubb and eventually going to have Kareem Hunt, who can do things out of the backfield. But then also, you've got um, David Njoku, who's going to be a unit in the red zone. He's going to get a lot of touches. So there's going to be a lot going on. And um, I forget the, the guy with the double-barreled surname. Um, Giuseppe. Giuseppe. Um, there's been some positive stuff about him. So, um, no, it's, it's going to be interesting to know. I think there's a lot of weapons, and um, that's a good thing. And, there's a lot of focus going to go on OBJ, which will then hopefully free up other people to have less coverage because you had sort of a lot of the best people were looking at your Higgins and your Callaways last year. Them guys are free to just cause carnage. Um, Landry will be on the inside, but OBJ will take their number one corner. And um, there's going to be some extra space for those guys. Yeah, I did a really nice podcast with Scott Petrak, and I'm really sorry again for the uh, communication. I put the old one up. I don't know how it happened, but we've ended up putting the old one up. I think the new one's up yesterday. It went, did it? Or went this morning? The um, So it went Sunday morning. This podcast is now going to be dropping on Monday. Yeah, so that one went up, and uh, what we did was we went through each position room, and I only spoke to Scott about what he saw, not what he thought. And he was just telling me what he saw, and... Um, um, is it Eisman Hillman he was telling about him um, had, had an absolute awesome OTA session and once again he's one of these exciting wide receivers that I get so excited about and probably will do nothing in their careers but I just fall in love and get emotionally attached to these wide receivers the the sixth the fifth and sixth one that could possibly be and um, yeah he, he's been absolutely smashing up so it'd be really interesting to see if he goes through and makes the roster yeah it's, it's one of those that OTAs and even the preseason, it's like we've generally got a really good idea about like 95% of the starters are going to be. There's probably a, a battle at, say, right guard. There's a battle at third wide receiver. Um, that's really it. Um, oh, and probably maybe a battle at second corner or the slot sort corner versus linebacker. But there's not really much battles going on at that end. It, I agree with you. The fascinating bit is that sort of bubble at the bottom. It's like who's going to get in, who's going to miss out, um, and what's going to happen there. And, and you'll get one or two players that go, actually, this guy could be really, really good. Um, and then they might not go on to be something. But um, 
it's interesting, especially with sort of a new coach and staff. I know Freddie was there last year, but it's very much a new coach and staff across the board. You're going to be, see players come in and do stuff. If anyone would have said Callis was in the battle for right guard, even a month, two months ago, um, they'd have been laughed at and mocked on Twitter. Um, and now he, he, people are saying it, it's between him and Corbett. So um, it's an exciting time and uh, good luck to the players. Um, the little fringe battles and the battles for the bubble, is uh, yes, that's the most fun stuff. Yeah. And Duke, have you got an uh, opinion on Duke at all? Yeah, I understand Duke's frustration because he's done nothing wrong. Dorsey went and extended him um, early into his role as general manager. And then, unfortunately, in the um, Kareem Hunt press conference, the final question, which he answered the start bit okay, um, about, yeah, we, we're happy to have as many good players. And then he finished it by saying, Duke Johnson isn't expendable yet. And before, before you say opinion, can I ask a question? Yeah. I can't remember. Did, did, a, did a press conference say, how does that affect Duke or something similar? Or did Dorsey just come out of it randomly? Um, I don't remember who asked the question or how it was worded. I think Duke might have been mentioned, or it might have been just the room as a whole. It was like, now you've got loads of running backs, what's going to happen? Um, it might have been that steer, but it was the final question, if I'm right in saying. And there was no need to say he's not expendable yet. And it was like, you just say that we've got three amazing running backs. We're really happy to have them. They've all got a role to play. And then suddenly everyone's happy. And it's just, Dorsey's got a habit of putting his foot in it when he's in press conferences. Time and time again, he's said things that he shouldn't really say. And that's going to get players' backs up. And when you want to be the team, and it's, it's right trading for players, when you want to be the free agent destination for these guys, if you're saying, oh yeah, this guy's expendable, or it's, it doesn't send that message that, oh, this is the place I want to sign for, the GM's really loyal, um, and stuff like that. So you want to build that sort of, the Cleveland Browns is a great place to be, it's a great front office, and they respect you, rather than just throwing him under the bus in a press conference. It was like, by all means, if he wants to go have a meeting with Duke Johnson behind the scenes and go, Duke, We've added Kareem Hunt. We're going to put you on the trade block and we're going to try and move you on. Um, just wanted to let you know. Then that, that's a good way of doing it. Zeitler found out he had been traded via Twitter. And it's that sort of, there's no respect or no interest and the players are just numbers on the sheet and Dorsey doesn't care about them. That sort of stuff can hurt when you're trying to like edge the roster and decide who you keep or not. So I just want him to be a bit more mature and professional in the way he deals with press conferences and as well with the players yeah okay and but here's my view is it i'll try and use soccer as a bit of an example and if you look at like Mourinho for example let's forget if Mourinho is good or a bad manager but he sometimes will mention a player and then the player gets really bad or the player turns around so maybe like Luke Shaw I don't know if that's a good example but he was criticizing Luke Shaw to say like a bit overweight or a bit this and then he, next season he turns around and has an, a great season and now in the England squad so um, do you think that Dorsey was actually trying to do that trying to uh, ignite Duke to find another gear um, I think he did that with um, David Njoku and I think he was right because he was asked about tight ends going into the 
I think the draft just gone and he said um, David Njoku is really good, but he needs to work on his um, blocking game if he's going to become elite. That sort of stuff is good and motivational because you're just making that slight point of this is an aspect of his game he needs to work on. It wasn't like he was saying Duke Johnson's got to raise the bar. It was, oh, we're, we're happy to have Duke Johnson and we're going to get rid of him soon because that sort of, that's not a challenge to motivate someone. I've got no issue with a GM or a head coach going, we want to see more from this player on this is what we want him to work on because they do have to say some stuff to the media. You can't, unless you build Belichick and you just say on to Cincinnati next mm-hmm. week, every time mm-hmm. you're asked a question, then you've got to say something. And um, no, I thought what he did with Njoku um, in the pre-draft process was fine. He just said, look, we need to work on his blocking. He's great in other aspects of his game. I didn't get that from what you said about Duke Johnson. When you're talking about someone being expendable, um, then you're just, you're not building that sort of trust and uh, bond. So I think he just needs to be careful with what he says, but I prefer just come away from doing the press conferences and everything. Get Mike Leach in. Mike Leach is a funny, funny guy. And we'll have Mike Leach as our uh, press secretary for the Cleveland Browns. Awesome. Well, Jack, I've got a question for you, but we don't have to answer it now. I'm my thing at the moment in my head is um, we can talk about it in another show. Actually, is the uh, running back room is if Duke's head gone or he gets traded, hunt not to week nine. We've only got actually got two running backs and one injury. Week two, we could be absolutely fucked with no depth at all in the running back room. So, um, but yeah, we could discuss it in another show. This is my big thing in my head at the moment is I'm really worried about the running back room going into the season. I'm not. They're running backs. We can just find one on the scrap heap. You, you can get any old sod in. And then at the end of the day, we don't want to be running the ball. We want to be throwing the ball. So uh, the running back is there just as a blocker for the uh, quarterback or maybe on a uh, run, you can throw the ball to him. But uh, no, air the ball out. Todd Monkton's in the house. He likes throwing it big and long. The key thing is going to be, will our tackles stay upright? Um, and Trent Williams is apparently on the trading block. Well, he wants to be on the trading block from the uh, Redskins. We could make a move there, maybe trade them Greg um, Robinson and a uh, pick and um, try to get that deal done. Um, that'd be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Um, I don't think he'll manage to force a trade, but uh, I, I would take uh, Greg Robinson and a pick and send that over there for uh, Trent Williams. Um, let's talk realistic. What pick do you think it would need for Greg Williams at, to get Trent Williams? I've got no idea. It's um, it's really hard to judge on that sort of stuff. So um, who knows what they're looking for? Or how is he in a position where the team are going, where he's not going to turn up to a training camp and he's not going to practice? Um, who knows yet? Um, it's too early to tell. Um, but uh, it's one to keep an eye on. I would happily. We need a left tackle. Um, and uh, Trent Williams is a uh, fantastic talent. Mm. Well, Jack, uh, we've got six weeks now of this off-season. And obviously, it's a quiet time. So what I'm going to try and do for the next six weeks is fill it full of fans, get fans' views, uh, find more fans from different states, find more fans around the world and try and get them on the uh, podcast. Myself and you catch up every week. Maybe try and get some players on because it's off-season. And, uh, yeah, it's only 42 shows I have to find. So, I reckon it's possible. Nice. It's good fun. We we like a challenge. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens.
Excellent. Anything else you want to discuss on the show? I don't think so. Um, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye out. Just keep having fun, guys. Um, Carson Wentz got his deal, which dropped in at just under 13%, which is the good place to be. Um, and it's going to be interesting what Baker gets in the future. Um, if we're under the 13, I'm happy. If we're around the 16% where Aaron Rodgers is, I'm going to be worried. So that's the numbers. And um, no, it's, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. It's an exciting time. Um, the CBA is coming up soon. Then you've got the 2023 TV deals, which potentially massively jump the cap so if you can get the baker deal done and then the cap jumps because of that tv deal that could turn out really nice and we get a much cheaper deal than we were expecting yeah maybe we could do a show just on wentz versus mayfield yeah wentz has got dodgy knees (laughs) (laughs) okay great and uh any other nfl news you uh saw this week that interests you um no, it wasn't this week, but big congratulations to Kevin Cole, who's been on the show a couple of times. He's gone and joined PFF as a data scientist, along with um, Eric Eager, who's been on the show a couple of times. Love Eric. And along with George Shahori. And yeah, I can, I'm one of the very few people that can pronounce that. And I think I got it right. Excellent. All right, guys, we'll keep listening to the shows. Lots of stuff coming up. Keep liking, subscribing, commenting. Any input, you want to come on the show, now is the time. Because during the season, we're going to be back-to-back. 